You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. I'll start off with Exodus chapter 20 verse 13 and then I'll jump off to Matthew 5, 21 to 26 uh, because I'll be quoting uh, more on the words of Jesus Christ. So it says here in Exodus chapter 20 verse 13, You shall not murder. That's the only passage that we have. Then let's uh, jump to Matthew 5:21 to 26. It says here, We have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder. And whoever murders will be liable to judgment. I'm reading now uh, on verse 22 of Matthew 5. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, You fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court. Lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. Let us pray. Lord God, we lift up, Lord, to you once more the reading of your word, and we believe that this word is holy, this word is inspired, and we also believe that your word can change us and transform us. We also acknowledge that we cannot transform ourselves. We cannot change ourselves, Lord. It is only you who can do that. And even, Lord, right now as we listen to your word, we ask that you will direct our focus on Jesus Christ, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, if there are some of us who are uh, going through some testings and trials and problems in our life. Lord, we lay down our cares right now at your feet. And we believe that you are the God who will orchestrate everything in our family's life, in our personal life, so that everything will give glory and honor to you. Lord, once more, we entrust, Lord God, this uh, service to you and even the study of your word. And do not allow us to leave this place unchanged and untouched by your Holy Spirit. Once more, the praise is yours. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and all God's people say a mighty. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's give God the praise once more before we take our seat. You may all take your seat, please. I've said earlier that um, we are going to talk about, of course, the topic on, uh, well, Exodus chapter 20, verse uh, 13. And in the King James Version, it is mentioned that Thou shalt not kill is that passage that is written. The word kill is, of course, the one that those people during the time in the King James era understood to be murder. The word kill during the King James era or the time of Queen Elizabeth, as they call it, the Elizabethan era, means in equivalence, murder. So that's why if you want to understand their context, what thou shall not kill really means in the King James is actually thou shall not murder during their time. But however, if you translate that into our very own language today, then thou shall not kill has a different meaning because it is not actually kill that is, that is being said in the Hebrew because the very word that it really means is that murder. So that's why in the English Standard Version, in the New American Standard Bible, and in other literal version today, they have actually made it, I mean, correctly translated it as thou shall not murder or you shall not murder. 
during the time in the days of King James, some words, of course, has their own meaning. Like, for example, if you go back to their day, the word gay during those times is actually happy. But the word gay today is different because the word gay has connotation with regards to, of course, homosexuality. The word also bread during the 1970s, I would say, has a connotation of bread. If you have parents who lived during the time, it means money. But in some other cultures, it means really a literal bread. Naalala nyo, di ba, yung mga magulang natin, ermat, erpat, pengi namang bread. I mean, you live in that era, okay? If you are smiling, then probably you are in that era. <laughs> and the word bread, of course, speaks of money. The word charity during the King James era is love. But the word charity today, it means sticks. It means, of course, works. Okay? Philippine charity sticks. It's different. That's why we have to, again, understand the evolvement of every word. So the word in Exodus chapter 20, verse 13, you shall not murder is actually literal. Now, with regards to this particular word, murder, we are plagued by a lot of news in the newspaper, even outside of the Philippines. There are a lot of murders, gory murders, murders that are not really, I mean, right in the eyes because, of course, murder is unlawful and murder in the tabloids and murder outside of the country and even in our, you know, uh, country as well. And so, in this case, murder can be rooted, of course, in anger. And I would say that later on we will be expounding on that because some people tend to become so much angry. Kulang na lang, okay? Maging green sila. So sobrang tindi ng galit. And anger can actually destroy a person. What about this anger? Is it okay to be angry? Is it okay for us to really have this kind of emotion? Well, let's see. Because there are truths behind you shall not murder. And we're going to expound on that. First that I'd like to lay down to you is that murder is unlawful. Murder is not right. Murder is law-breaking. You are breaking not just, of course, the law of this land, but you are breaking the law of the Lord. Because it was said in the Ten Commandments, you shall not murder in the sense that you shall not kill that person premeditatedly. You are premeditating the murder or the killing of that person. The book of Matthew says in Matthew 5.21, let me just go there. You have heard that it was said to those of all, Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not murder, quoting, of course, the Old Testament. And whoever murders will be liable to what? To judgment. You will be liable to judgment. There is always a consequence for murder. This scripture was quoted going back to the book of Exodus, chapter 20:13. Man was created in the image of God. If you notice that person beside you, that person was created in the image of God, whether you like it or not. I mean, every nose... The eyes, the lips, I mean the eyebrows were created in the image of God. Everything in that person was created in the image of God. That is what is said in Genesis 1.26. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So therefore, to tamper with the image of the Lord is of course not right. If you will tamper the image of God, 
even that person is a hobo, even that person is lying on the street without any food, without any money, filled with dirt, that person is still created in the image of God. I mean, for us, probably, it's okay even if that person dies. I mean, it will not do anything good for our country because that person has no position in our country. But in the eyes of the Lord, no, it's different. Every person that are born in this world are very much valuable in us in the sight of God. That is why we have to always understand that life is so much valuable. The first murder that happened in the scripture was accounted in Genesis 4.8 wherein Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and what? Killed him. The Hebrew word for this is different in Exodus chapter 20, verse 13. The Hebrew word for killed in this passage means to slaughter. It is like slaughtering an animal. And I would say that Cain, of course, of course, the slaughtering already involved murder, but this is something that really grows in Cain's emotion to the point that he slaughtered his brother Abel as if slaughtering an animal. And there are anger that actually results to this. And I would say na bigla ang pagpatay. Hindi mo parang bugsun dami na baril mo yung tao. Road rage is like that. Road rage is like that. Hindi ka lang pinalagpas kinat ka, hinabol mo hanggang Baguio. <laughs> Tinutukan mo. Yun, road rage. It is unfortunate that road rage is happening even in our nation. Pagbigyan mo na. You just have to let go. Because, I mean, sometimes, of course, we are, I mean, if you're driving a car in one way or another, I believe that we were also guilty of that. That when this person cut us, you know, everything in us wants to go green. It's like Hulk. And then we want to really catch up that person and gas up and just, you know, allow that person to see who's really the man in the street. And something can happen along the way if that happens. I mean, if, if road rage comes. Now, everything that happens, of course, with regards to murder... There's a consequence. Let me just move on to Genesis 4, 13 to 16. This punishment is too hard when Cain, Cain said, You're making me leave my home and live far from you. I will have to wander about without a home. And just anyone could kill me. In other words, Cain did not escape the wrath of the Lord. Cain did not escape the consequence of what he did. It says here that he had to live far from the Lord. He had to wander away without a home. And nobody can kill Cain because the Lord put a mark on him. The Lord said, No, the Lord answered, Anyone who kills you will be punished seven times worse than I am punishing you. That is why you can see here how, how valuable the life of a person is. That the Lord had to punish that person who will kill Cain seven times. Every person is valuable in the sight of the Lord. He had to put a mark on Cain's Cain's to warn everyone not to kill him. Again, I don't know what happened to Cain after that. Because it says in verse 16, But Cain had to go far from the Lord and live in the land of wandering, which is east of Eden. Probably Cain died of old age. But of course, with a consequence. Nobody can escape the consequence 
of the Lord. The consequence as a result of this emotional unbalance. And you could probably escape the law of this land, but not in the hands of the Lord. I don't know if you are familiar with the name Pol Pot. Pol Pot is one government leader in Cambodia. Pol Pot killed thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people. In fact, let me just tell you this, that if Pol Pot sees people who are wearing eyeglasses, if he sees people wearing eyeglasses, he will kill those people. Yeah. Nagbabaan ang eyeglasses iba. Why? Because if people wore these glasses, Pol Pot thinks that they are very intellectual and they are readers. Pol Pot doesn't want that. That's why he had to kill those people. And he also had to, of course, kill babies. There are also, there's also this tree that the reason why the, these trees are growing, it's because of the brains and the blood of the infants that are used to, of course, uh, fertilize those trees. And I don't know, I know it's gory. I don't mean to be so graphic, but these people hold the feet, the legs of the infant, and smash the, leg, the, the head on the trunk of the tree. That's how brutal the killing is and the murder is. That's why the UN really had to catch this guy. They really wanted to catch this guy to be able to bring him to the tribunal. But however, they were not able to do that. Pol Pot died on his sleep. And many people will probably say, where's the justice? Namatay lang ng bangungot. Where's the justice? But I believe that there is still justice, of course, because, I mean, if he lands in the hands of the Lord, there is a consequence of judgment. Now, probably some of you will be surprised. What if Pol Pot is in heaven. And before he even died, he accepted the Lord. Most probably some of you will say, Lord, slugi naman. Active ako sa ano, 11 o'clock service. Nandito lang si Pol Pot. Ah. Kung ano pinagagawa niya sa lupa. Nandito lang para sa langit. But then again, of course, we are not here to judge where Pol Pot went after he died. But, you know, for me, I believe that there is nothing impossible with the grace of the Lord to save a wretched man. Even Paul himself is also a killer, a murderer of Christians. But and yet, God saved Paul. And Paul also even claimed to himself that he is a wretched man. Oh, what a wretched man that I am, Paul said. Genesis 9.6 said, Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. Again, the value of life, the value of man. And many people tend to take their life as well by means of what? Suicide. They commit suicide. Why? Because they are depressed. Now, the point here is that why do people commit suicide? Well, it started with this dissatisfaction and then after that, disappointment and then after that is depression and then they end their life. There is hopelessness in the heart of those people. But you have to understand that there is hope in the Lord. There is nothing, there is no such a thing as hopelessness because our hope is in the Lord. Do you believe that there is hope in the Lord? There is hope in the Lord. Even though you think that everything is already hopeless. 
even though your business was bankrupt, even though you were kicked out of the company, even though things are not okay in your life, there is still hope. Please, don't take the matters in your own hand because the Lord can still turn things around for His glory and honor. God has a way of turning things around so that His name will be honored and will be praised. Remember, we are born not for ourselves. Our life is not for ourselves. It is for the Lord Himself. Naalala niyo ba yung kanta? Walang sino mang... Parang naalala ko yata. Para sa sarili lamang. Amen. <laughs> I mean, we are not born for ourselves. We are born, of course, to touch and influence people for the Lord. And at the same time, for the Lord Himself. Use your life for Him. Don't cut your life short. If you know of some people who are going through depression and almost, you know, suicidal, pray for them. Stand with them in faith. Stir up their hope. Use the Word of God to encourage them. People also who are so much, I would say, sick. They are so sick. They are so depressed that they think that there is no healing for their sickness. Are resorting to euthanasia. Euthanasia, by the way, is mercy killing. The word euthanasia is a compound word. EU means good. Thanasia means death. Good death. But it is not really good. Because euthanasia is not right in the eyes of the Lord. Some patients will just ask some doctors to say, Doctor, can you please apply this mercy killing? Because I think that my sickness is, I mean, cannot be healed anymore. I believe that this sickness is only meant for death. So can you please, I want you to take my life. And some, in some other countries, this is legal. But of course, it is my hope that our country will not really make this legal in our very own nation. Because euthanasia is killing yourself, taking your life taking your life in your hands. I believe that there is still hope even though you are sick. Remember that God can still heal us. God can heal you even though you are, I mean, if, even though that doctor thinks that your sickness has no cure. Remember that our God is the one who heals. God is the healer. God is the one who can touch you and even heal you. There is no sickness that is so great in the eyes of the Lord. God can heal anyone. The point is that there is a reason why the Lord wants to heal you. If the Lord healed you, then I believe there's a reason why the Lord healed you. I know of one person who has already a stage 4 cancer. This person was given the chance to live for at least probably 6 months, if I'm not mistaken. 6 months. And what he did was to buy a lot and then to put up a rest house just for him to stay there and at the same time, focus on the remaining months of his life. And, of course, he had to change his eating habits as well. This guy is a believer. This guy is a Christian. And so, he just hoped that the Lord will be the one, of course, to touch his life, to touch his internal body. But the doctor said that, you know, there's no hope anymore. But, of course, he did not believe that. Again, I understand that, you know, if there are some doctors here, we praise God for your, I mean, for, for your help, of course, uh, extend the life of people, but medicine can only do as much. But the Lord can do something great. 
And so, what happened, to make the long story short, is that he was healed of his cancer, stage 4 cancer, and the doctors were surprised. That's why even up to now, he's still alive and kicking. How did I know? Because I talked to this person, and he gave his testimony to us. That's why I would say that there is still hope. God can still heal anyone as long as the Lord knows that you know, God can use your life. After all, we are at the Lord's disposal, every one of us. All you need to say is that, Lord, if, you, it is your, if it is your will for me to be healed, then use my body, use my health for your glory and honor. In fact, even as we pray before we eat, I mean in our food, when, whenever we pray, I always include this prayer and say, Lord, set this food apart for our body so that you can use our body to honor you. Because after all, everything, almost everything that we are eating right now are processed foods. I mean, ang mahal ng mga pagkain na talagang yeah, nakukuha sa mga bukid. Everything that we can buy in the supermarket, almost everything are actually processed with, you know, some uh, chemicals. And it is not, of course, okay with regards to our health. But then again, we can't avoid that. That's why we just have to trust the Lord that the Lord will be the one to preserve our body. But please, don't abuse your body. Because if you will eat lechon morning, afternoon, evening, then I'm sure you will meet the Apostle Paul early and Moses as well. And they will be surprised. Why are you here? Because of lechon. So please, don't abuse your body. Take care of your body. The same thing also with the practice of abortion. Abortion is also taking the life of this person. They call it a fetus, but I call it a person. Yes, it's a fetus, but that fetus is actually a person. A person that has a heart, a person that has a soul. Once, a, once the sperm cell and egg cell meet, then it becomes a person. And so we have no right to abort that person. In fact, pinapaganda lang natin eh. Abortion. Pero in reality, murder po yan. Huwag na natin, huwag na natin lagyan na ribbon. Nilalagyan pa natin na ribbon eh, abortion. Abort. To say that it's an abort, if you you are cutting the life of that person to have his own physical life. And so don't resort to that because we will be accountable to the Lord when the time comes. Now I would say that probably your reason is valid. Pastor, you don't know my past. This baby was conceived because of what happened to me in the past. Or this baby was conceived because something happened to me the other day. I mean, I would not argue with you. Your reason may be valid. But again, you have to go back to the scripture. The Bible says, you shall not murder. You shall not murder. That baby is entitled to his and her life here in this world. Again, if Mary probably will think of abortion during the time when she learned that she's pregnant without any husband, then do you think that there will be a Jesus right now that who will save us? And at the same time, of course, I would say that Mary made a right decision to, of course, go through the conception of the child. And God has a way, of course, of using that person. Again, I'm not trying to justify that immoral act if something happened to that, you know, with your relationship with that person. But what I'm saying is that 
you have to take care of that person. Don't resort to any abortion because abortion is unlawful and abortion is also killing that young child. In other countries, they made it legal. But however, I'm glad that here in our country, in the Philippines, they don't. And I hope it will not be so in the next 5 to 10 years or 50 years. Second Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Each one of us. Remember, we will not face the Lord as a movement. The Lord will not say, Okay, okay, victory, alabang. Okay, it's now your turn. And all of us will line up and say, Okay, guys, it's already the turn of victory, alabang. In there, all of us will stand in front of the Lord one by one, individually, and will give an account to Him. And everything that we do, whether good or evil, will be, of course, accounted for, whether you are a believer or unbeliever. Mark 12, 31 mentioned about this. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than this. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you love yourself, then you have to love your neighbor. That person beside you, you have to love that person with an agape kind of love. But if that person is, of course, your spouse, then it should be more than agape kind of love, of course, because that person is your spouse. My point here is that you just have to love that person. Learn to love that person. Murder is unlawful. Murder is not right in the eyes of the Lord. Where does murder spring? I would say that anger is, of course, murder. Anger is murder based from what Jesus Christ said. Anger is enraged. Who among you here experience being angry? Can you raise up your hand? Okay. At least, you know, ah, may mga 50. Okay. Na nagalit. Yung iba. Hindi talaga. Bili po sa inyo, ha? Okay. Hindi talaga kayo nagalit, ha? Okay. I mean, being angry is, of course, not right. But however, not every anger is wrong. There are anger that are right. Righteous in the eyes of the Lord. Anger is, of course, something that is normal for a person. But I would say that you have to also act in a righteous way whenever you get angry. But I will try to expound on this on a negative sense because there are anger that are not right. Matthew 5.22 says, But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, You fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. The word insults there in the scripture especially if you go to other versions, it means raka. The word raka means empty brain. It is like saying to that person, you empty brain. Sa Tagalog, ikaw wala kang utak. Ang sakit nun. And it's really injurious. It will really strike that person so much. It is like saying to the person, you fool. Whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. 1 John 3.15 says, Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. If you are a believer, then we are commanded not to hate our brother. Why? Because I would understand if that person is not a believer. If that person is not a believer, then I would understand that he doesn't understand the Lord's command. But if you are a believer, then we have to remember this. To hate a brother, to hate a sister, 
is to murder that person in our heart. That is why we can be guilty of being a murderer if you are angry at that person. And when I say angry, that means intense anger. That if you wanted, if that person attends the 11 o'clock service, then you will attend the 9 o'clock service. <laughs> that is intense anger. The anger that is deep-seated. Why? Because probably that person owes you probably 10,000 pesos, 50,000 pesos, or probably a million pesos. And if that person owes you something, then that person cannot pay you probably that then you are so much angry at that person. Bitterness comes in. There's already a bitter root that is creeping in in your heart that you don't want to see that person anymore. The word hate here means also to dislike intensely. You don't really like that person. To see the face of that person makes you become so furious. Wag kang magpakita-kita sa akin ah. Eh, huwag naman kapag halimbawa ang misis mo, mister mo, magkasama pa rin kayo. Lumayas ka sa bahay na ito. Saan ako pupunta? And sometimes, you know, we tend to be so injurious whenever we speak. Matthew 12.36, also a reminder for us. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every what? Careless word or injurious word. They speak. And words can actually kill technically a person in the sense that it could injure a person. And when you injure a person by your word, sometimes you will think after a few minutes or hours and say, why did I ever said those words? And sometimes whenever we are angry, we don't think anymore. We allow our lips and our tongue to work while our brains are not thinking. And sometimes we tend to think already after we vent out our anger. And then we will think, oh no, why did I say those words? Those are really not right. Bakit ko ba nasabi sa kaniron? Bakit ko ba napalayas siya? And sometimes we will again rethink. And parang in our case, ang hirap bawiin minsan. Babawiin ko ba o hindi? Magsasorry ba ako? And sometimes pride will keep in, crept in already in our heart. Ay, hindi, ayoko. Baka sabihin, hindi ako seryoso eh. Even in text, if we are angry, sometimes we compose our text message passionately. Halos bumauna yung finger mo sa text. Sa galit. So many words. I would suggest that you read it first before you even send Compose that message. It's okay. Just compose that message. But before you, you, you press that send button, you read first, and then read again, and then read again for the second or third time. And you know what? After the third time that you will read, probably humupa na yung galit mo. Hindi mo ipapala. I won't send this anymore. Bubure mo yan. Why? Nangyari na sa akin eh. Nagkakaroon kami ng passionate discussion ng misis ko. Passionate discussion. Tama ba to? Erase, erase, erase. Hindi na papadala. Sorry, sweetheart. Ah, yun na lang. Sorry, sweetheart. Forgive me. 
Why? Because once you vent that through text, I would say that it will injure that person. It will only make matters worse. And I would say that in that passage, if we can only probably say this, every person will give an account for every careless word or every careless text okay, that we send. It will injure. Social media is also one. If you vent your anger on the social media, type. Tagalog pa talaga matitindi mga sinasabi. Sobra. And sometimes people will really be surprised how come that this person is saying this. Make a galit kaya siya. I also noticed that in some other you know, social media. That's why when I try to confront one person, may nabasa ako sa ano ah. Kasi nababasa ko eh, may kagalit ka ba? <laughs> Ay hindi ano, uh, ano lang, parang ka, kaibigan ko lang yun. Hindi, parang kagalit eh. Kasi tuloy-tuloy eh. At ano eh, capital letter lahat eh. Walang ano eh, walang small font eh. Capital letter lahat eh. Hindi kagalit ah. Di ba? And sometimes it, you know, it shows. If it's all capitalized, it's like shouting to that person. It's really dangerous. That's why it could injure a person. And once it injures a person, again, you have to understand that sometimes if that person is our loved one, if, if that person is our relative or probably a spouse or our mother or father, and they tend to release that kind of injurious word, it's so deep that sometimes even today we still remember it. And I believe probably you still remember the words that, was, that were given to you or were thrown at you by your parents when you were still young. That is why as a parent, be careful with the words that you release to your children. Don't even say to them, Alam mo, katulog ka tatay mo. Sometimes we're guilty of that. You act like your father. Katulog ka ng nanay mo. Huh? And sometimes these people, these, these young children will think, you know, they will think, ano bang, ah, ah, bakit, ano bang masama doon sa tatay ko? Bakit mo sinabi na kamukha ko, katulad akong tatay ko? Ano bang masama sa tatay ko? And they will think it injures them so much. Again, James 1.19 reminds us, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person, it says here, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to what? Anger. Slow to speak, slow to anger. Let's repeat this. Slow to speak, slow to anger. Again, slow to speak, slow to anger. Sabihin mo sa katabi mo, slow to speak, slow to anger. And let me add, slow to text, slow to anger. Slow to type on the social media. Slow to type on the Facebook. Slow to anger. Be reminded of that. The Lord wants us to be reminded of this. Let every person be quick to hear. Understand first what they are saying before we even speak. Before we even say, wait. You just have to learn to listen first and then be slow to speak. <sighs> Alam mo, galit na ako. Ha? Alam mo, alam mo, naaasar na ako, ha? <laughs> ano pa yun, talaga? Alam mo, nakakainis ka na, ha? Nakakainis ka na, ha? Slow to anger. Tama na, ta- ano, tama na, huwag na tayong magtalo. Okay na, oh, ano, sige, 
Patawa na tayo. Na kasi ano eh, medyo nagagalit na kasi ako eh. <laughs> Nakangiti ka pa, no? Nagagalit na kasi ako eh. Ikaw talaga. <laughs> slow to anger. Slow to speak. Slow to anger. Ephesians 4, 26-27. Be angry and do not, what? Sin. Do not sin. It's okay to be angry, but do not sin. Do not be angry at that person, but be angry on that particular sin that that person did. Correct the person, but don't be angry at that person. Always focus on the right topic or subject, but don't even attempt to focus on the person. Do not degrade any person. Be angry and do not sin. Jesus Christ was angry in the, in, in the gospel. He turned, you know, he turned the tables. Why? Because this group of people are trying to occupy a part in the temple wherein the Gentile worshippers are supposed to be there, but it's being occupied by merchants. That's why Jesus was so much angry with the things that they are doing. And again, that's righteous indignation. That's righteous anger. There's nothing wrong if to show up, you know, that righteous indignation, but you have to be sure that you are focusing on the sin, not on the person, not on the people. Do not give the enemy a foothold. Ephesians 4, 26 to 27 says, and give no opportunity to the devil because the devil will surely grab that opportunity. Remember, the devil wants to destroy our family. The devil wants to disunite our family. The devil wants to destroy our marriage. Don't even attempt and give the devil that opportunity. That's why you have to always think first before you even release those words because it will surely affect your relationship with that person. Why? Because especially if you're a believer, it does not show the righteousness of the Lord. James 1.20 said, For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Remember, you have taken care of your testimony for probably 10 years or 5 years, and then all of a sudden, you will vent your anger and your testimony, all of a sudden, will be compromised. Kala ko ba born again ka? But, uh, but bigla kang napamura no, sa sobrang galit mo. I remember one friend. This uh, friend was the one who actually led me to the Lord. And then I was really amazed because this guy doesn't get angry. Hindi siya nagagalit. Hindi siya nagmumura. Nagahanap ako ng paraan para magmura siya. Hindi pa ako Krisyano noon. I'm not yet a Christian that time. And one time sabi ko sa kanya, Cher, sinabi ko nga pala doon sa babae, crush mo siya. Napamura. Yung mura talaga, chicharon talaga. Ba't mo sina... Aha, nagmura ka. Galit ka. Tapos sabi niya, Lord, Lord, patawar niyo po ako, Panginoon. Biglang bawi siya, Lord. Sabi ko, ikaw naman, isang mura lang yun. Kako nga, araw-araw yung mura ko. <laughs> Later on, I realized that if you are a believer, the Holy Spirit will immediately, of course, remind you of holiness and the things that you are saying should not, of course, displease the Lord. And as a result of that, I would say that as a believer, you have to be careful with the words that you release in connection with anger. You know, anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured. It affects you so much than that person to whom you vent your anger. 
it destroys you. It damages your emotion. It affects you so much. Unrighteous anger is not supposed to be seen in us because we are not created by the Lord to vent out unrighteous anger. That's why some people develop sickness because of this unrighteous anger. Unrighteous anger imbalances our system. It is not right, of course, to have this kind of unrighteous anger. It destroys our system. We are not created by the Lord to experience this. That's why some people, medical people, realize today that bitterness, one of the cause of cancer is bitterness. One of the cause of cancer is bitterness. Don't be bitter. Because I believe that the Lord wants us to be cheerful. That's a good medicine, by the way. Proverbs 17.22 says, A joyful heart is what? A good medicine. But a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Literally, be cheerful. Even though some people doesn't like you, be cheerful. Nitiam mo lang sila. Kahit na sinisiraan ka sa office, huwag kang magagalit. Just trust the Lord that the Lord will be the one to vindicate you. Trust the Lord. We have a God who vindicates us. Make that move to quote up scripture by saying an eye, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. The Lord is not like that. In fact, sabi ni Lord, if somebody, of course, strikes you on the cheek, then offer the other cheek. Ganun si Lord. It is different from Islam. Sa Islam kasi by sword. But for us, sabi na iba, lugi Lord. Sa kanila, espada, sa amin, ano, yahambala pa namin mukha namin. We conquer by love. Loving them and bringing them to the Lord. Our goal is to reconcile. We understand that murder is unlawful. Anger is murder. And right now, reconciliation is delightful. Reconciliation is delightful. It is what? Of course, focusing on unity. The goal is, of course, to unite our family, to unite relationships. Matthew 5, 23-25 says, So if you are offering your gift at the altar and they remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. We were discussing earlier I'm uh, with Pastor Ryan about the context of this. Because the context of this is that if you have something against your brother, there is an altar which is uh, pretty much far away from where it happened. Probably you will be traveling kilometers to reach that altar. And then leave that altar, leave your offering first there and then go back to your brother and then reconcile with your brother. It's an effort. That is why to reconcile with a person, it really takes an effort. Why? Because you have to humble yourself. You have to really admit to yourself that you're wrong. And of course, be humble enough to offer and say, I'm sorry for what I did. I apologize for what I did. If somebody cuts you, whenever you're driving, wag mo nang haburin hanggang bagyo. Kasi iba talaga, kinatakunan natin, pinabayaan mo na talaga, ano, imbis na pumasok ka na maaga sa opisina mo, hinabol mo hanggang bagyo. Para mahabot, para maunahan mo lang. Road rage. That's why some road rage happens. Nakakapatay sa, kal- sa kalye dahil sa init ng ulo. Pabayaan mo na. Sabi mo agad, God bless you. Ha? 
blessing of the Lord be upon you. Hari nawa. Yun ginagawa natin. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. You know what? Unity is very important. Why? Because in Psalm 133, it says, Behold how good and pleasant, how good and delightful it is when brothers dwell in unity, when people dwell in unity, when we dwell with reconciliation with one another. That's what we really like. There should be unity in our very own family. Unity even in the offices. Wag niyong pagtalunan yung mana. Minsan nagkakademandahan sa mana. Ako nag-alaga kay mama. Dapat mas malaki lupa ako. Ikaw, wala ka namang ginawa. Magdemandahan na lang tayo. Magkakapatid. Brothers and sisters, they find themselves in the court. Sadly, even brothers and sisters in the faith find themselves in the, in the court of law. You know, accusing one another, not being in unity. How good and delightful and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. That's why, again, I would say that we have to be reminded of what the Lord Jesus Christ did. Ephesians 2.16, and let me end this with this passage. On the cross, Christ did away, quoting from the contemporary English version, he did away with our hatred for each other or anger for each other. He also made peace between us and God by uniting Jews and Gentiles in one body. The goal of the Lord is, of course, to reconcile not just us to himself, but even to other people as well. That's what he likes. That's what he wants. Because the cross of Christ did away with our hatred for us to experience, of course, that divine peace. Can we all stand up right now? And let's just ponder upon the message that we have heard. I believe that some of you are ministered by the Holy Spirit. Let's just, let me ask you to bow down your head for a moment, please. If your prayer today is that you're saying, Pastor, can you please pray for me? Because I'm going through some things in my life right now. And sometimes there's a tendency for me to vent my anger. Sometimes. And I know that I've hurt some people because of the words that I have spoken. It hurt them so much. My spouse, my children, the people in my office, wherever they are. And if you need prayer in that area, I'd like you to be honest. And if you are also harboring some unforgiveness or probably bitterness in your heart, I would like you to also humble yourself before the Lord. And let me also pray for you without looking around if you need prayer in this area. Can you please raise up your hand right now? It's between you and the Lord. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now, Lord, I pray, please step in in their hearts, Lord. Step, Lord, in their life. Speak, Lord God, to them. Thank you so much, Lord God, for just reminding them of what unity is all about, what reconciliation is all about, what forgiveness is all about what anger is all about. Lord, remove, Lord, anything that is not productive in their spirit. Lord, I pray and ask that you will also even give them that spirit of forgiveness always whenever they deal with some people or sometimes unmanageable. Even when they deal with their children, Lord, give them patience, long patience, Lord. 
let them be reminded of the words that they deliver let them choose the right kind of words let their mind think first before they even allow their lips and their tongue to run Lord give them Lord God this discipline and thank you so much Lord because I believe that you are already stepping in and holding your heart and reminding them that as you have reconciled them Lord God to you your goal is also Lord even to reconcile them to those people around them God may you also Lord even grant them Lord that spirit of cheerfulness God let them have that spirit of gladness and joy in their hearts that even though some people tend to pull them down they will still learn to bless them after all you said in your word that we should not curse but bless people Lord thank you so much Lord for just working in their very life today that this day starts the victory in their life this day starts the day wherein they are already released from the works of the enemy that they will not give the enemy a foothold any opportunity to even pull them down thank you so much lord the glory belongs to you in jesus name we pray